This is AutoLine Extra, available exclusively on the internet. Here again is John McElroy. Welcome to this internet-only broadcast of AutoLine with Mark Fields, the head of the Ford of the Americas, with Gene Jennings from Automobile Magazine and with Bryce Hoffman from the Detroit News. Uh, in the broadcast version, Mark, you, you mentioned this Cash for Clunkers program. Is that really going to boost car sales? I mean, my understanding, and the, the legislation's always, mm -hmm. you know, changing, it seems, almost daily, but you got to have a car that's eight or ten years old to trade in and blah, 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 blah. Don't most people, I know some people who have 10-year-old cars will go in and buy a new one, but most of them, i got to believe, are not new car buyers. Well, I think the most important thing that we can do as a country right now is give confidence back to, to consumers. That's the biggest issue that's facing not only the general economy, but also the auto industry. You know, three, four months ago, it was all about financing, and, you know, clearly in some pockets uh, that's still an issue, but for the most part right now, it's about confidence. And when you look at the fleet modernization program, and as you mentioned, it's kind of working its way through, uh, through Congress, I think you know, there's a, you know, let's call it 10, 15 percent of the population of those cars out there. I think when you, the way you know, they, it looks like the, the program is coming together, anywhere from $3,500 to $4,500, that's, that's a pretty good, uh, pretty good down payment that will allow somebody who maybe previously was a used car buyer to kind of look at a, a new car. But, I really think it's, it's, it's absolutely necessary because we're going to have, you know, is, we have an industry right now that year to date is sub 10 million units. So we need to do anything possible to make sure we get this economy going because it'll be a win for consumers because they can get something tangible right away. It'll be a win for the economy because it's, it keeps people working and particularly in the auto industry, which is a big backbone of the economy. And it's a win for the environment because it lets us get greener faster. Mm -hmm. well, I, I would say that, I'd like to make two points about that. The first point is, I mean, isn't the improvement in fuel economy pretty small? It's like one mile per gallon for trucks, four miles for cars. I think it's really clear the lots. I think that's what this is about. Clear the lots. And uh, you could- For the I cash think for could, clunkers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can, we can like wrap this up any way we want. The second thing, I heard this dealer, I, I was talking with a dealer about a week or so ago who just, oh, he was apoplectic about this, that he said, why didn't they just come up with it and put it right out there? Because now people are going, well, I'm not going to buy a Wait. car until- just shut everything down. So that I think that has UK. to happen real fast. Kind of like what happens in Japan the minute they get a whiff of a new car, sales just, they're gone. Right. So have you seen that? A well, little bit of a slow up in the wake of this. This is a real thing happening. You know, hearing some of the uh, anecdotal comments from our dealers, we're seeing a bit of that. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, people just kind of staying out of the marketplace until they see clarity on it. That's why we're urging, you know, mm -hmm. Congress and the Senate to, to pass this. Uh, for consumers as, as soon as possible. And, it, you know, it could be part, you know, clearing the lots. Uh, you know, our inventory is, in, <clears throat> is in, in good shape, so I don't think it's about clearing the, the Ford Motor Company lots. But I also think there's something to be said that when you look at the population of these vehicles, there'll be a lot of, let's say, gas-guzzling V8 engines, which, you know, there were a lot of them in vehicles eight to ten years ago that could be taken off the marketplace. <clears throat> And that's, that's good for, you know, the environment. It's good for our energy independence. Every little bit helps, particularly these days when people are looking for things to help the economy. Well, what but, about a real energy policy to go with that? Well, I, that's absolutely crucial. And that's why, you know, we think it's really important that, uh, you know, the, the administration and the Congress really needs to start having that debate about a, a <clears throat> comprehensive, uh, not only an energy policy, but also an industrial policy as well. 
are you advocating a specific, like a gas tax of a certain amount? Because that's the only thing I, you know, I have a very small pea brain involved here, but no, you don't. <laughs> I know that our energy policy has been cheap gas. And, you know, a, a few cents a gallon is not a real, you know, a tax or a burden. How are you going to, if if gas stays pretty low, and I'm, you know, it's up now because of Memorial Day. It's, it cyclically goes up and down. When it goes down again, how about that Fiesta? How about that Fusion? Other than I think it's like one of the finest mid-sized cars you can buy right now. 41 Hybrid miles per gallon. <laughs> Hybrid or not, it's just a cool car. I, I think it's great. But, you know, an energy policy, are you advocating a gas tax? Are you advocating anything specifically? Well, the most thing that we're advocating right now is how do we get stability in gas prices, to your point, because it's, it's, it's difficult to run a business a business like an automotive company when you have one year at four dollars a gallon and the next year at two dollars a gallon and think about it from a, a customer standpoint you know they're basing part of their you know, their purchase on what the price of gas they think will be so it really whipsaws consumers back That's and forth crazy. so so our approach is we think it's it's high time that the, the the congress starts debating what are the actions necessary to get stability in gas prices now one of those actions could be a gas tax it could be other things all we're saying is what else want, could it be besides gas? Well, you know, that, that's what I the price of I, I would leave that up yeah. sets yeah. that sets off a gas. Yeah, yeah. I, I would leave that up to the policymakers and challenge. But really, them. at the end of the day, gas tax is the only mechanism you really have to, to to have that level of certainty. It is it is one of the most apparent ones. I mean, you see it used in in places like Europe, which mm -hmm. uh, you know they've used that to effectively drive the diesel penetration. And you et make money selling small cars in Europe. And GM uh, makes money yes, we do. Well, at least but, you did. <laughs> but I, I do think it is important that um, you know we we urge the Congress to take this on and to let the policymakers come up with a strategy, however that may be, gas tax or you know let them get creative in getting stability to gas prices. So I think that's really a key for consumers. To that point, you know, diesel uh, mm -hmm. back in the craziness of last summer was up, in some cases a dollar a gallon mm -hmm. more expensive than gasoline. Right now today the snapshot is it's 16 cents cheaper yeah, what happened? than, I than regular something. gasoline. Now I'm not talking premium or mid-grade, it's yeah. cheaper. What's the prospect for diesels? You guys were going to bring out a, a diesel in your light trucks and right. you, you've put that on the back burner for the time yes, frame. Yes, we have. Yeah, I mean, you know, the diesel pricing is a, is, is a bit perplexing because <clears throat> it's all driven by, obviously, the, the oil companies and their refining capacity and how they move that around back and forth. Uh, but you're, you know, you're absolutely right. You're almost seeing parity to actually a slight uh, discount from, uh, yeah. uh, for diesel. And, right and it'll change again in the future, and to it, your point. But, and it'll change. But, so but our, again, diesels, where do you, where do you think, well, our and, approach, and for Ford and for the market in general? Well, you know, for, for Ford, our approach has been to focus on trucks. Uh, and, you know, we obviously have diesels on our, our big commercial trucks like our Super Duty, Econoline, and, 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 and those kind of vehicles. We've put on the back burner for right, for right now uh, the F-150. I think that the good news is if we see the market change fairly quickly, for example, on passenger car side, because we're using global platforms and these global platforms use diesel engines in Europe, it's not going to take us years to bring those diesel engines over. But, you know, we also have to get through the, the issue around consumer perceptions of diesels. There's still a lot of folks out there that remember in the 70s. I remember growing up and mm -hmm. seeing the black soot coming up the back of the, of the car onto the, onto the, the deck lid. Um, that, that still, you know, weighs, it colors people's view of diesel uh, very heavily. 
The other piece is we have to look at, you know, when the con mm. consumer looks at it, they put pencil to paper and they say, how much is the gas version? How much is the diesel? How much is the hybrid? And again, it gets back to what is their assumptions around what the cost of a gallon of gas is going to be for them. And that's why we got to get stability. And then I think we can get more clarity around that. Well, to that point, uh, to looking at that calculus and, and, and to Gene's point about an energy policy, beyond cash for clunkers, don't we need some sort of incentivization to, to allow you guys and the other automakers to roll out electric vehicles, more hybrids? These things are going to cost a lot of money to produce initially yeah. until you get the volumes up. Aren't we going to need programs beyond this program to convince people with newer cars who want to take advantage of some of these, these alternative technologies to make the shift and to, and to be able to afford them as early adopters? Well, I do think it's important that the government is going to have to be able to provide some incentives to kind of kickstart the market. Let's take a, your, your point about electric vehicles. You know, we're coming out with an electric, uh, full battery electric uh, focus in 2011. And what's going to be really important is, from a consumer standpoint, uh, for, I think, we think it's, it's important that the government provide some incentives to make that economically more feasible. But it's got to be married with uh, working together between ourselves, the government, and the energy providers mm -hmm. to put the infrastructure in place. It's easy to say, let's, let's put out 10,000 battery electric vehicles. It's a little difficult if you're a customer and you live on the 30th floor of the apartment and you need a really long extension cord <laughs> to start you know, uh, recharging that vehicle overnight. So there's infrastructure issues. Uh, there's affordability issues up front. And that's where I think collaboratively between you know, suppliers, energy suppliers, governments, ourselves, we, we have to find a solution. Uh, and I believe we will, but it's, it's going to require working together. We have a lot of people who follow us on Twitter, and we got some questions in because we let them know that you were coming in for the taping today. Badnickel asks, Mark, why aren't you advertising with Bill Ford like you did years ago, instilling confidence and leading the industry? Did you do advertising before? Uh, I didn't do advertising, okay. and I have no plans to do advertising. Okay. I just want to be really, really, really clear about that. Um, I think, uh, you know, Bill, we, we, Bill did have a leader campaign for mm -hmm. us uh, about three years ago on innovation, which was really around the, the investments we were making <clears> on products and powertrain, like our EcoBoost, which is now coming to the marketplace. Very importantly right now, we're, um, we're getting the message out on Ford through Drive One and focusing people on our products. Uh, because we feel we have a great story to tell uh, to change people's perceptions and we're going to continue to tell that story through our advertising and be committed to advertising to get that message out. And one more, Brenton uh, from Twitter asks, with Hummer going out, is it possible Ford will contract with the military to build Hummer-type vehicles? Uh, no plans at this point. Yeah. Uh, we, and even uh, the Hummer's going away, that's the commercial, or yeah. you know, yeah. the, 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 the retail version, right. the, the military yeah. version is still being built. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. We do a lot of business with the military for our F-Series pickup, our Super Duty, uh, Econolines. But uh, again, in, in this environment, focus is so important uh, in a turbulent environment. And that's why we've been so focused over the last three or four years on delivering our plan. And it's, it's really difficult when you see opportunities, because there's lots of opportunities out there. But you got to stand back and say, can we as an organization take advantage of that opportunity and do it well without sacrificing other elements of the business? So that's our approach going forward. Real good. And I think we're going to have to wrap it up with that, too. But again, Mark Fields, thanks so much for coming on and thanks sticking for around for this extra part. And Gene and Bryce, thank, thank you, you guys, too. Thank and you. thank all of you who are watching online.